Good morning, everybody. Wow, it's enough. The only podcast where you can hear a couple guys talk about movies and TV with your host, the Turkey Boys, Ryan Ankner, and myself, Scott Sweeney. How we doing? What's happening, hoops? I mean, the world is on fire. We're just having a goo. The usual. The world is on fire. Um, Literally. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, with everybody excited about the release of Space Force on <laughs> Netflix. Yeah, that's that's the hubbub. That's all that's going on online right now. Everyone just raving about Space Force. Everybody in Minnesota just like, I can't wait to watch it! Yeah. <laughs> this seems inspired. We're having fun. Yeah, so how wow. about that, huh? Yeah. Do we have to address it quick? I mean... Get that, it out of the way? That was probably enough. That's enough? All right. Yeah, this are... is a fun podcast. That's not a fun thing. We don't condone police brutality. Moving on. <laughs> Moving along. The quick little follow-up from last week. We posed the question, is Ank goth? Mm. And we got some feedback. We did. Overwhelmingly, yes. More than just Monty? Mm, one other person. Who was the other? Do they not want to be revealed? Yeah, I can't divulge. Okay. <laughs> I'm goth, is, yeah. is the, the consensus. You're goth. And right. I, I'll I, take it. I think I'm you right should lean into it harder, maybe start dressing like Vito Jr. on The Sopranos. You can act like a man! Get those nails painted. Oh, Jesus. I do get my toenails done. And that I don't know if that's a reveal or not. Wow. I haven't been able to get a pedicure, given our current, you know, condemn or... Uh, quarantined situation and but that's, yeah that's the biggest tragedy as of late <laughs> i get that uh cocksucker red oh is, is what it's called at the nail salon yes so you're goth mm. it's fun all right and speaking of dressing up in all black jimmy fallon is in some hot water for doing chris rock blackface 20 years ago <laughs> with uh. the hashtag jimmy fallon is over party is trending that yeah. was my favorite part <laughs> I love a good is over party. Did you see that uh, Eddie Murphy came to his defense? Oh, wow. Did he? Yeah. Said that it's like he's doing a bit. Like, give him a break. What basically. does Chris Rock have to say on the matter? <clears throat> Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. I don't think Chris Rock has spoken about it he's yet. He's opening the book of Saw. Jimmy Fallon. Live or die. Make your choice. Funny. Yes, Jimmy Fallon, you must pay for doing blackface on primetime television 20 years ago, yes. For folks that aren't informed, Chris Rock will be starring in the new Saw movie that was supposed to have come out two weeks ago and has been moved until next (laughs) spring. Yes, thank you for making sense of that. (laughs) Which is quite funny to me. But yeah, Jimmy Fallon, as Sean said in the thread the other day, there has to be a statute of limitations on bits. Like every time there's a slow news day, we're taking the, uh, the you know the racial cue from the most racist guy we know. Yeah, I'm gonna say that that works. Yeah, baby, <laughs> we yeah. should never be in trouble for what we say, ever. But yeah, every time there's a slow news day, everyone online is like, we need to cancel Robert Downey Jr. for doing blackface in Tropic Thunder, even though that's like the whole bit he's doing in Didn't that movie. He that- win an Oscar. He got nominated. He nominated for that. And then they did try to cancel him or using that hypothetically. They just, just the fact that he did blackface. People are always like, can you believe it? It's like, watch the movie. There's a whole bit to it. Don't you know what jokes are? Mm. Like, it's just, it's insane. Yeah, I I, I don't appreciate cancel culture in general. Not like just because I think that people should be able to say whatever they want. But Mm. I just, 
if something has happened and it was a while ago, it's just yeah, it's just it's lazy and fuck? stupid and um, it's just such a could you? Agreed. The Chris Rock and Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I think I let my wife. The they both have similarly awful filmographies. Um, only movie with Jimmy Fallon in it that I can think of is the Kid. baseball movie. Yeah, Fever Pitch. That's all I got. Kid what else? Is he, what else has he even done? The not fucking even masterpiece. He did Taxi, that movie with Queen Latifah. Who could forget that? Oh. <laughs> that is a very O-worthy film. Um, and Chris Rock, he's every movie he's in is a turkey. The or at least every movie where he's the lead is terrible. He's good when they like pepper him in in a, a sidecar capacity. Agreed. I think he's funny. I like him a lot. Yeah, exactly. He's some stand-ups like stand-up. transfer and they can act. He just kind of can't. No, he can barely act in like the grown-ups movies. <laughs> David Spade is, like, doing circles around him. Um, it's ridiculous. Speaking of David Spade, did you hear that Ooh. Adolf Hitler's pet alligator died at 84 years old in the Moscow Zoo? Wow. Not a bit. Like, that really happened. I did see that. It Apparently, it was seized by British soldiers after Hitler killed himself in the Second World War. And yeah. then they just put it into the zoo in Moscow, and it's been living there ever since. I forgot they were one of those animals that live for, like, 200 years for some reason. <laughs> like... They're dinosaurs. Yeah. They're like the last uh, the last bastion of that type of animal. And now Hitler's legacy is officially dead. Heartbreaking. It's a shame. <laughs> that was, gator was we were hoping to... that he'd live on. Yeah. Did you see that uh, Dennis Quaid Coke story reveal? Like Coca-Cola? He was having a nice, nice <laughs> beverage on a hot day? Yeah. Or... <laughs> He said he did two grams of cocaine every day for decades. Is that a lot? Two it's grams? Not a little. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a coke guy. I don't know amount wise if that's like an outrageous I'm amount. Or... Obviously not either anymore. But it, there was mm. a time where you know that two grams for me would be a pretty big night. To mm. do that every day would be outrageous. Like his entire septum is probably gone on his nose. Yeah. There's no way that he's hanging in there. It's a lot of bumps. I, I wouldn't have expected that from Dennis. Randy? Definitely. But Dennis Quaid? Uh, I thought that was kind of a reveal. Eh, Coke keeps you more leveled off. If Randy was doing more Coke, he'd probably be less all over the place. You really have to do a shitload of cocaine to get uh, cocaine into his psychosis. Hello, I you actually, alien assholes. <laughs> sorry, but yes. <laughs> I watched a guy speak once at my treatment center in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And uh, before it was on fire, that is. Yes. And he and he had one hand, like mm. it was a nub. And he said that one time he did so much cocaine that he had <laughs> that his hand fell a off? delusion. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> no, he had delusions that the voices in his head told him if he didn't cut his hand off, that he would die. Wow. So he took a saw and chopped his hand off. Was himself. he the inspiration for that Ruffalo show? <laughs> he <that>. was actually. <laughs> that sounds. It's amazing. You made him cut his hand off. <laughs> like, come on, he needs help, folks. He's are, my brother. We got Mark Ruffalo in studio. This is a happy big to up. be here. <laughs> I'm really happy I hung in there with the Hulk franchise. Ang Lee, I'm sorry. I mean, Mark, you weren't in that one, but we, <laughs> we appreciate it anyways. Your love for the franchise. That's the Edward Norton one, isn't it? It's the Eric Bana one. Oh there's, Jesus! There's been too many. Did that, who did the Edward Norton one? 
That was uh, directed by the guy who did the Transporter movies, which Louis Leterrier, famously the only Marvel movie to bomb ever. Yes, right. yes. And they kind of like ignore that it happened because there was a whole thing with Edward Norton, and they obviously recasted the role with the Ruffalo Soldier. I love how they still ask Edward Norton his opinion on it years later. Now that Marvel movies are the rage, yeah, he's like an old salt of Hollywood. They're like Edward, what do you think? He's like, well, you know, I think it was poorly timed. And- <laughs> yeah. Could have been better executed. It's like, well, dude, it was a it was a turkey of a movie that had nothing to do with the, the pitch. Yeah, he's trying to promote like motherless Brooklyn, and they're like, hey, Ed, didn't it suck when you got fired from Hulk? <laughs> Missed out on all those paydays. How much did that burn? Funny. And then he curb stomps whoever asked them, tying it all together. The Matt Lauer has oh. a, a hate based tattoo. We we learned in the news the other day. Oh yeah, I forgot to I forgot to bring that up last week. Good call. What, what does a, it say again? It's in my old notes. What a gritty turn for Matt Lauer. I don't know what it said. Oh, I got it. I'll pull yeah. it up. It says he got it on his forearm, like right near his <laughs> wrist, which is you know I have tattoos there. I get it. It's not, but like is that for, a painful tattoo area? No, no, no. You don't even feel that spot. Okay. But it says uh, hatred corrodes the container it is carried in. Wow. Which is kind of a cool saying. Damn, Matt. You know, deep. He's changed. You think? I like to imagine him giving himself this tattoo while watching the morning show. Just in, an, in an absolute rage. While like the Cape Fear music plays in the background. Him doing pull-ups. Like yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Poor I Matt mean, Lowry, he's done. Do we feel bad for him? No. Neither do I. Bad guy. Him with that button under his desk? Yeah. <laughs> that door slam. He's like, that's like Dr. Evil stuff. Like Do you remember when character. he pulled that on us when we were in there pitching uh, a segment <laughs> to the Today Show and he, he locked us in his office and it had his way with you? Yes. I, I mean, tried to stop him and I couldn't. I know. I wish you tried a little harder. I needed to. <sighs> you know. Needed to. It's a whole to do. Did you see the Denzel Washington story? There was a, a commotion in West Hollywood with cops and an unarmed, distressed homeless man. And, you know, it was a situation that could have escalated to who knows what. But Denzel stepped in, got out of his car, and served as a barrier between this man and the police and tried to, like, cool everything down. Which, it sucks that someone like him has (laughs) to do that. Okay, okay, (laughs) okay. I'm out of my car. Get away from this man. Exactly. (laughs) Which character do you think he walked over to the situation in? Like, in full training day mode, or maybe a subdued fences mode? I'm thinking training day. Yeah. He went, like, over the top. Was she a lesbian, a dyke? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, this is, it was a nice story to see. I'm famously not the biggest Denzel guy. A lot of his movies are kind of boring, but he seems like a hell of a guy. I have no Denzel sound drops, and it's bumming me out. I need, like, (laughs) something. I wish you had more time. There's one. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's um, close enough. It's something. Speaking of which, did you hear what Spike Lee had to say about hmm. the coronavirus? How he's decided... That was actually a legitimate speaking of which. Is that why you laughed? Because it was a real segue? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spike Lee said that he's not going to the movie theaters until there is a vaccine for the coronavirus because corona ain't playing. Wow. That's interesting because I'm actually not going to see a Spike Lee movie until there's a cure for immortality or <laughs> i don't know <laughs> trying to think of something it was really good until he said the wrong thing at the end but that was very funny uh, he's back he'd said cancer it would have been funny yes 
But that, it, it's true. Like, I get it, I guess. But, I mean, my guess is that Spike probably could, you know, rent out a theater. Why yeah. does he need he's Spike Lee? He inserts himself into everything. It's like, do we need a Spike Lee take on this? His next movie is a Netflix movie anyway, so that wasn't even going to theaters. That's just his subtle way of saying that since he's a Netflix guy now, theaters are no longer relevant. Probably. Everybody's been ready to see my stuff. <laughs> and speaking of stuff in that vein, Apple, or Apple Plus, whatever their streaming thing is called, has nabbed... Scorsese's next film starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. I was looking for the title, but I can't find it here. I believe it's called uh, The Snooziest Movie Ever Made. (laughs) I mean, Scorsese directing his two guys, DiCaprio and De Niro? It's got to be good. It'll be like The Irishman meets Kundun meets (laughs) The Boring Parts of The Aviator. I mean, that sounds good to me. I like all those. Yeah, you're here for that, though. (laughs) I'm here for that. But yes, Scorsese, he's in his 80s. He's one of the greats. He still has trouble like getting a film financed. This is a movie like Netflix passed on this, I guess. I guess The Irishman didn't bring in enough. Well, I mean, dough. how much did The Irishman cost? Like a billion dollars? I feel like I get why people might decide that it wasn't for them. Actually, yeah, that makes sense. And I heard they spent a fortune like promoting oh. it for Oscars and it didn't win anything. And... Yeah, they're probably soured. It got that. completely snubbed, didn't it? It got like a couple acting nominations. I think Pesci got a nod. Right, but it, I mean, it didn't win anything. No, nothing. Do you consider a snubbing no nominations, nothing at all? That's probably the technical term. To me, a snubbing is just any time where there's no W's at all. Yeah, or like if there's one person who everyone's like, they should have won and they don't, I guess that's a snub. Oh, like Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. Yeah. The fact that she doing? was even in the conversation sends nails down my spine yeah or nails down a chalkboard it just fucking that it, movie stunk yeah. and, and and she shouldn't have been at the table for that like do we need to reward her for being in a decent movie and being passable in it like right. what are we doing i thought this was exciting uh bloomhouse and lee wannell are turning upgrade into a sequel tv series what do you think of that uh, I wish it was Lee Evans directing it instead, oh. but I'm I'm in. I liked Upgrade. Lee, the uh, yeah Upgrade. If you haven't seen it, fans is an awesome like sci-fi action movie from two or three years ago. And Logan. Yeah, Logan. Gordon Lerman. Greco, whatever his name yeah, is. That guy who looks exactly like Tom Hardy. He's like a Tom Hardy that can enunciate words, <laughs> and he's good. And he directed one yeah. of our featured reviews, actually, Ooh. not our featured review, one of of a review we we're doing. Good tease. But yeah, they haven't said what network this show's going to be on. Boy, I bet it's Hulu. (laughs) I'm hoping for Crackle. Or maybe... I'm hoping it's on Mubi. Yeah, Yeah, we're Mubi guys now. We might get to that later. And yeah, I look forward to that show because that movie's great. And I'm glad they're going to explore more of that world. People like like futuristic stuff. Not many people saw that movie. You and I did at the Braintree Theater, and I sat on those cookie dough bites and got a poop stain looking on my butt. Accurate. I had to throw those shorts away because it was like half the package just mushed in. I actually thought you had an accident when I broached. I was like, you have, (laughs) you got, you got a thing. Uh, It was the 40-year anniversary of The Shining uh, Mm. last week. Yes. And Patrick Ewing got the coronavirus. (laughs) So big week for us. Yeah. Those two stories are intertwined. 100%. I'm trying to find it. Did you see that? This made me laugh. The Maude Apatow 
said, even though her father directed King of Staten Island, she insisted on auditioning for her role, saying, quote, I always want to make sure I can prove myself and that I'm right for it and that it's not just given to me. To which I'll respond, did you? You don't think she uh... earned the part in her father's movie? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, my <laughs> guess is she's going to spend the rest of her career... Uh... Acting in Apatow Productions. Well, and also barking <laughs> up that tree of, of just like, well, no, I earned this role and everybody else resentful. Because, you know, Hollywood isn't really the friendliest place. So there's probably yeah. a lot of people who are like, I, you know, I came from, from Iowa and gave everything that I have. And I'm living in an apartment with no electricity to, to be here. And, yeah. you know, you're just some millionaire. She's like, I can't believe I got this part. <laughs> I beat out everybody else. It's just some, like, vintage nepotism. It was making me chuckle. Do you not think she's very good? She's actually pretty good. I think she, as far as, you know, the daughter of a director who pops up in movies, she's fine. She's got some stuff. Yeah. That's the part that's kind of frustrating is there are a lot of talented kids. Yeah. Ben Stiller, Sofia Coppola, Nicolas Cage, while we're in that family. It does make sense. They grew up around it and saw it, and it's like... In their blood, as well, they yeah, say. Well, yeah, you, you grow up on... For a kid, a kid especially, like Maude Apatow, who was in his movies as a little kid, mm. she grew up on the set. She obviously knows the culture. She's talented yeah. in that, right? You know, it's... Did but, she have to audition when she was six for, like, 40-year-old virgin? Like, she did. I get she it, did. daddy? Uh, I, I do like the idea of uh, Judd Apatow being like, sorry, dear, I, I cast Elle Fanning in King of Staten Island. You just, you didn't bring it. So, <laughs> so sorry. But yeah, she's fine. It's whatever. That um, that movie comes out in like two weeks. That'll be a I'm excited review. for that. I like Pete Davidson. I came around on him in a big way. Like a year ago when he was oh, boun- hey man, bouncing around Hollywood, you know, single and yeah. dating older women yeah. and Thanks talking about around. killing himself. And yeah. I got sick of him. And then I realized like, ah, he's great. Mm. I'm, a, I, I'm in. Did you see that uh, Forbes magazine who Forbes. had put Kylie Jenner in their billionaires, youngest billionaire alive category or whatever? They, Self-made billionaires. They, yes, they yes. took that away from her. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently she had fudged the numbers and is not actually a billionaire. That's so At least funny. That's, TMZ covered that story. I don't know how accurate it is or what might come of it, but I know you and Kylie are pretty close. Is this is this something that's you know going to be tough? Yeah, we're going to have to get talk past? about this later. Oh. That's funny, though, that I wonder if Kanye padded his stats. He he recently became a billionaire. You were talking about that last week, I think. I would say it's less likely that he did, given the fact that he has so many different revenue streams, given like his music and like pieces of other bands and also yeah. his clothing line and the sneakers. He comes out with a new pair of sneakers that sell for $250 and they sell out instantly yeah. and then resell for quadruple the value every week, pretty much. And I have four of them on my shelf over there. He, he has an outrageous amount of sneakers. And, like, people have done this, but the self-made billionaire, like, she... What's her thing? She has, like, a makeup line? Yeah, she came out with, um, like, lip kits. And it's called, like, like Jenner. Know. It's just... Kylie Jenner lip kit. Yeah. Is, is, like, the big one, where it's, like, these little, like, palettes of makeup for, for like, you know... Yeah. Lipstick or whatever. That's I don't, just I don't really understand cheap. how makeup works. Yeah, you can't be... She's been famous since she was five. It, it doesn't count. You're not self-made. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. And she's famous for ridiculous shit. Yeah. 
She's famous for like having one of the all-time greatest shape shiftings, and like looks absolutely nothing like her younger self. It's completely unrecognizable. But that's fine. Did you see Seinfeld is coming out with a new book? What's the deal with this book? It's called Is This Anything? Which I think is kind of a that's fun... That's like an us thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like... that's, And I think he probably means it in a similar context. He definitely does. Like, that's funny. Is this... Is this anything? I really enjoyed his first book, Sign Language, which came out like 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I read that too. That mo- movie. That book is such a breeze. I've read that like all the way through like five times. It's just... You know, it's not like a biography. It's just jokes and like quick stories. Great read. I hope this book is... In a similar fashion. Yeah, uh, we're big Seinfeld guys. I didn't like his latest special, but other than that, he's pretty much never done anything I didn't enjoy. He's a legend. Is Comedians in Cars coming back? Yes, that's coming back. Okay, cool. And you loved B-Movie. That's one of your favorites. I actually didn't see B-Movie, but I think that I'm going to take your word for it. It's not great. They announced a director for that Tom Cruise movie that will shoot in actual outer space. See this? I did, yeah, with... Involving Elon Musk? He's uh, involved in some capacity, but it's going to be directed by Doug Lyman, who he worked with on Edge of Tomorrow, a.k.a. Live, Die, Repeat, which is a great action movie if you've never seen that, folks. It's like Groundhog Day, but it's an action movie. Have you seen I, that? I'm thinking. I don't think. It came out in like 2012? Something like that. Him 2013, and, maybe? Yeah, Cruz and Emily Blunt. It's sort of similar in the vein, same vein of uh, Minority Report. Kind of like he they're fighting a war against these alien sidecars and this weird thing happens where he keeps restarting the day and then, you know, they figure out how to beat the creatures through this Groundhog Day, but an action movie type back and forth. Great. It's it's hard sci-fi. Yes. Mm. But he also did Doug Lyman's had a weird career. He directed Jumper. I hate jumpers. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which I actually think is a real good movie. I like that movie. And Swingers, right? Was his okay. first movie. He's had a right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking like the money and <laughs> like the bomb, baby. He's had a weird career. I like guys who direct stuff in different genres. Like Agreed. All, yeah. You know, you don't just settle into like Wes a, Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he invented his own genre and will never leave it. I do. I enjoy that too. Who's like the best example of that? Of it, obviously, like there's guys like. Tarantino, Scorsese, like they all direct in one vein and that's it. But Scorsese's kind of he he switches not so much the the tone of his movies, but like he'll just be in different time periods. It's still the same tone over and over. That's again. fair, and they're mostly all dramas. Yes, he has like one comedy that movie After Hours. I didn't see After Hours. It's whatever. King he, of Comedy is oh yeah sort of a comedy, but not really. It's like too fucked up to be a comedy. Yeah, it's like a dramedy. Yeah. But yeah, I can't think of who would be the best exa- Ugh, example. There's definitely a good one. Um, we'll get there. That's uh, actually really... John Hughes? Maybe David Fincher? Is he good? His movies all look the same. So it's like they're kind of... This is tough. Yeah, Let's figure this out off air and come back with it. Yes. Yeah. Like, I honestly can't. But I guess David Fincher, because the next story we got is the girl with the dragon tattoo is being reborn as an Amazon television series. With the girl from the original one, right? No, they're going to do, they're going to recast it again. 
Well, that girl, I saw her in the news too. Is she doing something else? Rooney Mara? No, no, no. The other one. The Swedish one? Yes. Numi Rapace? Yes. She's probably popping up in something. They just obliterated that whole franchise. Like, David Fincher made the first movie. People liked it. They waited too long to make the sequels Oof. to those books. Like, everyone read. I can't believe they never made those sequels. And then they rebooted it with a new actress and a storyline, like, based on one of the books that, you know, someone other than the main author wrote. And everyone hated it. And now they're just like, yeah, let's just try it again. What was the most recent one where it starts out with the guy hanging upside down? Yeah. And the woman's like, I emptied your bank account yeah. into this number. The girl in the spider's web, which was, was such a stinker. Yeah, it was terrible. I didn't even f- come close to finishing that. It was like a parody of those movies. I couldn't believe how bad it was. But yeah, they should just give up on that character. It's not that interesting. It's over. He had too many shots. You yeah. blew it. <laughs> My hands are tied now. Hmm. Um, are you up on? Do you know Caller Daddy? We were talking about this the other day. That podcast, the Barstool podcast with those two who is that talk about sex a lot. I was not aware of this. You informed me about it. It's a great story for those that are. And this is why I bring it up, because there's a there's a spot available on that show. And I actually listened to their newest episode or the the one. There's two girls, Sophia Franklin, who's been ousted from the show and Alexandra Cooper, who's on the show Mm -hmm. now. And long story, I'll sum it up in 10 seconds. Sophia Franklin got greedy, wanted more money than she deserved. And despite the other one doing all the work. Mm-hmm. And so went into it with a boyfriend who was also her lawyer. And the boyfriend is this dickhead, uh, Peter Nelson, who's an HBO executive. Mm-hmm. He went after David Portnoy in some capacity, who's the owner of Barstool Sports. Who does those fun pizza reviews on Instagram. I enjoy those. I like those too, yeah. And we're, we're big pizza guys. Yeah, and sports guys. Big, huge sports guys. <laughs> Mostly you, though. You're a Fenway guy. Okay. Um, they call me Fenway Frank. They do. But yes. Anyway, you know, didn't work out well for them. So mm. Sophia got kicked off the show, did not get any intellectual property of the show. And now it's just the other girl. But the reason I'm mentioning all of this, A, it's super interesting. So mm. if you want to jump on and listen to those podcasts, one is David Portnoy takes over the podcast and explains his his perspective. Okay. And then the next one that came out Wednesday is Alexandra Cooper explaining her side of the story. Mm. And the other girl's just gone. She's out to lunch. Okay. But they do have a, a mic open, at, oh. or in our case, two mics. Wow. So this is me putting the Enough Podcasts <laughs> hat into the ring for Call Her Daddy. Hey now. It's going to be Alexander Cooper on one side of the table, and then Hoops and myself hey now. on the other side of the table. And we're going to be the other uh, who is on Call Her Daddy. Yeah. And we don't, only the thing is, it's a sex podcast. Kid, I don't want I got so many stories. I was going to say, fucking- <laughs> they don't have enough time in a podcast to get all your stories in. Kid. So I think we're going to have to just stick to talking about movies and TV from our perspective. Basically, yeah. just we turn Call Her Daddy into Enough, a second iteration of Enough with Ooh. hundreds and hundreds of thousands of listeners. What do you think? I like it. I'm giving that the coveted Scotty Greenlight. Uh, and I hope the Call Me Daddy people agree. <laughs> they refer to themselves as the Daddy Gang. So I guess I'm reaching out to all daddy gang members right now and saying embrace us because it's coming. We're the duddy gang. (laughs) (laughs) And we're coming to take over. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Can you even imagine the reviews after week one of us on the air with this girl? People waiting for her to, like, tell stories about, like, squirting all over a guy at a nightclub. And we're like, but did you you check out the man with the golden arm on Mubi, this 1955 movie where Frank Sinatra's a heroin addict? Who are these guys? And what are they talking about? Who are your guys? (laughs) Live on the air with her just sitting there in disbelief, sipping on a latte. She's going to love it. I think we need to audition. I think we need to... Tim Dillon threw his hat in the ring. I don't know if you caught his... I mean, uh, why not? He does He does a video. Tim Dillon's a comedian and podcaster mm. that we like, and he does this bit where he's literally... He, he videotapes himself with like a tube top on and pigtails and lipstick and eating a banana. Yeah. And he's talking about giving a blowjob. It's funny. He does this whole series where he's Meghan McCain. He's, he stopped doing it, but it was going on for a while. It was, it's like very inspired lunacy. I'm sure they're all... Yeah, he's fucking nuts. Yeah. He's good. Big fan. The Did you see the director of Doctor Strange is making a sequel to Labyrinth? Do we care about oh, this? Yeah, man. Look at my oh. shit. My stand, bro. Big time. Um, I didn't love Labyrinth. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. And now Bowie's it. dead. It's Yeah. Okay. I saw a lot of people saying that he's like the star of Labyrinth, right? He's, yes. Is yeah. Jennifer Connelly in that or is that that other girl that looks like her? No, that's her. Okay. Who's the other one that looks like her that was in Wet Hot American Summer? You know who I'm talking about. I know who you mean. She plays Katie in that movie. I don't know yes. her real name. She's also in the Mighty Ducks franchise. Yes. She's... I wanted to get it, but I'm just going to look it up. So when's that coming out? That They just announced that he's making it, so probably in like four and a half years. Right. But I mean... Eh, whatever. Yeah. And they're also making a new Fiddler on the Roof. Now which... that. Marguerite Moreau yes. is who we're talking about. She's good. Yes. But they're making a new Fiddler on the Roof, which gave me a big yikes. Like, Yeah, that's we could probably do without that. That doesn't seem like something that needs a modern reboot. No. Like, oh, a new Fiddler on the Roof. Like, DJ on the roof deck. It'll be hip, and it'll star Lin-Manuel Miranda, probably. It's just like another season of Idris Elba's DJ show. <laughs> wow. That show exists much less than most other ones. We have got guns here. It is. And we've also been discussing Scientology lately. We're actually, Turkey Team, we're considering becoming (laughs) Scientologists. So let us know in the comments of our latest posts. Do you want to join us? Do you agree or disagree? Just sound off. Or maybe we start our own religion. We do one better. I'm listening. Turkey-tology? Are you in? Um... We can work on the name. I was going to say, let's workshop the name, but I, I think that just us having a cult of sorts, not to step on like a Chris D'Elia thing, but like a podcast fan cult mm. is not something that I hate. I like that. Mm. I think the turkey heads might bite at that. Maybe they'll give us a green light. Did you? Are you familiar with the actor Hagen Mills? Mm, it sounds familiar. Real, like extra in a lot of stuff. Sidecar extraordinaire. He apparently mm. opened fire on his girlfriend and she lived, but then he turned the gun and killed himself. Wow. So I guess Hagen and your family and everybody, all your big, big fans that we know are out there, we here at the Enough Podcast, uh, our hearts go out to you. What was Hagen in? He was in um, Harflin, the movie. Oh, I think you misspoke there. I didn't catch that. Harflin? Hmm. Okay. To be honest, I have no clue. <laughs> I, I'm a headline grabbing guy. I don't get. I don't get too deep. He's in. 
Yeah, you just see like... I typed Hagen. Oh, he was in Baskets. He was in one episode of the FX Zach Galifianakis show Baskets. Oh, okay. He was... I probably recognize his face. He was like 30 years old. He was in He was in Dolph Lundgren's Puncture Wounds and <laughs> Swedish Dicks that... Uh, that what, um, what's his face? What a filmography. Yeah, it was Jason in, Lee show. Is it Jason Lee? No. I was in Dolph Lundgren's Puncture Wounds. Peter Stromer. Jesus Christ. That was Jason Lee in the poster. Keanu Reeves was in that? I need pancakes for breakfast. Why does Peter Stromer keep getting work? He's like the crazy Russian guy in everything. Yeah. He does, yeah, he gets the, like, that sidecar foreign work. Yes. He's not great. No. I'm out. I used to get him and John Turturro confused, but <clears throat> I don't anymore. Turturro's much stronger. Yes. Although after the Jesus rolls, I'm a Peter Stromer guy. Mm. And you were sending me some hot cameo accounts the other day. Are we eyeing a new enough advert? We are. Potentially? We are. Okay. I love you it. stupid fucking bottlenose cut! You were sending me the guy from Scrubs who plays like the ninth lead, I Todd. Thought, I sent that only because I thought that guy was dead and they'd <laughs> forgotten to clean his profile out. And then I realized it's that other guy, that Peter Lloyd or whatever his name is, that yeah. died. Then you'd really want to get that cameo. If he's dead. I almost considered paying for it just to have the receipt of a dead guy and then <laughs> and then like dealing with it through my credit card company, but having the screenshot. Yeah. And we saw Justin Long is on Cameo. I thought that was 120 bucks. He's better than being on Cameo. I was cameo. gonna say he's he's like directed and starred in things. He seems a lot better than that. He starred in a bunch of movies for years. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Sometimes when you're cruising through Cameo, it's like you shouldn't be on here. This is this seems odd. But fans, if you know anyone funny on Cameo that would make a good ad for the show, email in. Let us know. Our uh, budget is $60. Ooh. Don't go above 60 Pretty juicy budget. The uh, All the funniest ones are below 100 anyway. Yeah. That's all I had for news. <clears throat> um, you know what I was thinking we could do next? Ooh. <laughs> Why don't you hit me with your best shots? <laughs> I'd love to. Thanks to Turkey Head Monty for giving us that fun new intro that we're working. It's way better than do you have it shots, which um, is now in the obits. It's retired. You retired that bit? Yeah, it's over. We could do both. I just don't really cool. know how to right. find that song or how to properly edit our own. Is that it? But what, <clears throat> what did I shut this week? I shut off Zookeeper. The Kevin James vehicle from about eight years ago where he talks to animals. You were hoping you'd get another Paul Blart, huh? Yeah, I was hoping for some fun. Zookeeper walked so Doolittle could run was my main takeaway from this movie. And, and you're talking about the Robert Downey Jr. Doolittle, I hope. Yes. Okay, good. Nothing but. That's the only one on my radar. But this movie thinks Kevin James is a lot better at physical comedy than he is. So many things where he just like basically slips on a banana peel and falls down. It's like, how about an actual joke? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Isn't he kind of skinny in that movie too? He's not funny when he loses a little bit of weight. Like, we need him at his fattest. Yeah. We need like Blart two weight. Yeah, heavier the better. Yeah, and I turned this off. It was not fun on any level. It was neither no- fun nor funny. And speaking of not fun on any level, I also turned off the tuxedo. A Jackie Chan, Jennifer Love Hewitt spy caper comedy from the early 2000s. 
And would you believe that Jackie Chan and Jennifer Love Hewitt don't have much chemistry? Not a chance. <laughs> They're the duo of a lifetime. Take it back. Someone in this movie said Agua La Vista, baby, when they kill someone, like, in some sort of water-based fashion, and I turned it off right there. How quickly did you shut it off? Like, were you 20 minutes in? Yeah, about 20. I was kind of enjoying it for a bit. It starts with a scene where Jackie Chan's wearing a Hooters shirt, and I was like, ooh, maybe this is, like, a quiet masterpiece, but then it just becomes very stupid and... Turned it off. I also turned off West Side Story. Just take a stand. Which I had never seen. Have you ever seen this film? Uh, I have not seen the movie, but my uncle, when I was younger, bought my cousin, my younger brother, and myself tickets to West Side Story in some theater in Providence. Mm. And we drove down to see it. And I remember we were all like being silly. Fun. We were like, I I think I was like 12, and my brother was like seven. And my cousin was like 18, 17, 18. And so we were all basically like a little bit too immature to be there. And we were just kind of chuckling. Yeah. And I remember the guy in the row in front of us giving us a dirty look and a shh. Ooh. Love and where it cut through me that. like a knife. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good age to bring kids to a musical. No. It's like, why is everyone singing? This is stupid. I was at peak, I was at peak everything is gay. Yeah, exactly. Chucklehead mode. Yeah. Like, there's no chance I'm sitting still for three hours with an intermission. Why are these people singing and dancing? What the fuck? But yeah, the movie, I didn't like it at all. Too boring, too musical-y. Like, I watched 25 minutes or so waiting for, like, anything to grab me. I... I didn't like it at all. Watch The Outsiders instead. That's actually a flick. Yeah. I'd rather watch Grease again than this movie. At least Grease I've never seen Grease. Really? No. Oh my God. It's fucked up. And I got one more. I also shut off The Intruder, a Dennis Quaid vehicle that's now on Stars. I paid for that and watched all of it on a train to go visit my brother in New York. That's another one I was hoping, like, Oof. maybe this will be so bad it's funny. No, it's just sucky. Yeah, he just keeps showing back up at the house. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Stop. It's like that movie Lakeview Terrace, where a new couple moves in and Samuel L. Jackson, like, doesn't approve of their relationship. It's like, what are you doing? Like, get out of here. It's like, lit- leave us alone. Yeah, it's literally just that movie in reverse. Yeah. it's it's That movie is a white couple with a black cop bothering them. This movie is a black couple with a white, you know... I don't even know what he is. Yeah, he's like a farmer or something. Yeah, he develops like an... Megan Good is the wife and he develops an inappropriate relationship with her where they're making dinner together alone and the husband's like, get him out of here. Yeah. It's just stupid. And it's just... Everybody in the movie is completely boundaryless. It just doesn't make any sense on on any planet. It's like, no, no one would react that way. Like... Yeah. This guy's clearly like a weirdo. The woman wouldn't just like take a shine to him for no reason. Like, he's a nice old man. What? Yeah. Not to mention Dennis Quaid's supposed to be like this unhinged 80-year-old man, and he's, what, like 55? I'm angry that I don't do two uh, grams of Coke every day. <laughs> I was going to say something about that myself. Call back, baby. Oh, yeah. That's all you got, though? You only, what was that, six? I think that was like four or so. Are you ever going to beat me in shots? I feel like I win Ooh. every week. I'm looking at it as a competition in my head. That's a good question. There was one week where you didn't have shots. I do. I remember you were very surprised. Yes. That, like, shook me. I shut off eight things this week. Tell me about them. Number one was Deputy with Stephen Dorff, which is a Fox show where Stephen Dorff is like a cop showing everybody how gritty he is. And God damn it. There's some sort of a loophole where like if everybody in charge 
gets killed. He steps in. It's basically just designated or designated survivor, but with in a police setting. It's perfect. And it's also a Fox show, which is why it's even more. Well, it was. It got canceled, yeah. I think, after two seasons. And now it's all on Hulu. So you know it's going to be even dumber than Designated Survivor, right? Stephen Dorff is basically box office poison. Everything that he touches turns to dog shit. He's really never <laughs> had a hit ever in his entire career. Yet he's spanned. He's withstood the test of time for three decades. He's someone. I don't know how he's still sticking around like he was on true detective season three who's like you know who's like still got the stuff dorf call dorf we need him for this role i feel like people always go on and on about um taylor kitsch and how he's like the guy who bombs and everything true he's had a couple catastrophic like john carter almost bankrupting disney type bombs with like 400 million dollar projects that fail yeah but i mean steven dorf has never been in a good movie (laughs) ever and he and he's had like a hundred roles and they're all bad i think that blade was good i was just gonna say that's the one thing he was in that i know was a success and is a good movie i liked him in the sofia coppola movie too oh yeah you like nowhere somewhere somewhere i can't even think of other stuff deuce is wild is a forgettable like blockbuster movie it's it's real bad yeah i think the taylor kish had like big bombs dorf has done like countless like little bombs so people forgive him maybe Dorf is the guy who... Dorf! I can't even think of a good analogy, but it's like it's almost as if he doesn't get noticed because he makes less of a ripple. Um, yeah. I shut That's off right. Jean-Luc Godard's La Chinoise. Ooh, a classy which is, show. Which is a, you know, I'm going to probably go back into it, but it was super confusing, and it's, it's a movie that's in French, Ooh. and it's about, like, a group of communist activists in Paris, and, you know, it's... Very cool looking. Mm, I'm but listening. It was super slow and boring, mm. and I was just not in the mood for subtitles. And I, and Lucy was getting bored. I could tell, and I was like, "Hey, should we keep watching this?" And she was like, "Nah." Mm. And I was like, "All right, good." <laughs> I shut off a movie called Sam Was Here on Shutter. Couldn't tell you the first thing about it. I was only about eight minutes in. Oh, Safe. Both the last two deputy. I watched the entire first episode. La Chinois. I've watched probably an hour of it. Ooh. So that's even almost not even a shut anymore. That's a powerful shut. I like to see you giving these movies more of a chance. Pretty much all my shuts this week, because I remember you mentioned like how much of something did you really watch? Because it was like if it's if it's less than five minutes, does it count? Yeah. So I was like, okay, now I'm gonna watch as much as I can of all of these. He's back. Sam was here is the one that I didn't really, but uh, Street Trash is another movie. I saw it on that anti CGI Instagram where they're talking about it's a movie about like homeless people giving spreading some wild disease it was an 80s horror movie really really campy like almost toxic avenger levels of camp yeah sounds 80s it was kind of cool looking but i didn't like it okay uh what we do in the shadows i did try it i watched the first two episodes Mm. um had a couple of chuckles i didn't hate 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 it but it's Mm. not my kind of show which I knew from the jump. and I, But I wanted to give it a shot just because I've been making fun of you for it for weeks. <laughs> and you said that you would try a show that I recommended, and now I've already forgotten what we agreed on. I can't remember what it was either, but we'll figure it out, and yeah, I'll watch we'll it. We'll figure it out. You owe me one is basically what that is. And then Pathology, which oh. is a Milo Ventimiglia vehicle that is on Amazon. I shut this back when it came out at Blockbuster. Like 10 years ago. Real bad. Yeah. Real bad. Doesn't even make sense. Even for a straight-to-video horror movie, I remember being like, ugh. I watched a half hour of that. 
And I was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> I realized I was just on my phone the entire time. I hadn't yeah. looked at the screen in like five minutes. Those are the best shots where I like, I'll like stand up in a tizzy and be like, life is too short to watch something like this. What am I doing? You're ordering me out? You better get your own fucking army, pal. Oh. I shut off the wave, which Ooh, was I- that uh, you also shut this, that I Justin, did. speaking of Justin Long, Justin Long, um, Donald Faison? Right. Who it, They were basically just trying to create the Scrubs duo of like Donald Faison and the goofy, skinny white guy who's Jewish. Mm. And it just didn't work. Yeah. There was nothing about it that was redeemable at all. It wasn't funny. There were no JD and Turk from Scrubs. And then I shut off a movie called Looking Glass with Nicolas Cage and... Um, Robin Tunney? Yes. I shut this Where like, they bought a motel and it's spooky. Mm. And it's super stupid. Huh? Huh? Go ahead. What? We shot this movie in an afternoon and went straight to video? Oh, yeah. It's, huh? effort, it's effortless. Like, they couldn't have tried to make it even... It's just... it's They're sleepwalking through this fucking movie. Yeah. And then that's all my shots. I have an obit. Do you? I don't. So I'm glad you do hit yes. me. My obit, and this stems from countless movies and TV shows... When a guy's car won't start, Mm. whether it's to add suspense and there's somebody chasing him, or if it's just a lazy way of explaining that the protagonist doesn't have a lot of money and he's got a broken down vehicle. Yeah. I don't like it in anything. It's in so much stuff. And it's always like, oh, come on. No, not now. Like all the like, my car won't start stuff. Yeah. I wrote it. I wrote it down. And then I watched the latest episode of the Mark Ruffalo show, and it happens in the first five minutes. Yeah. I was like, again, like I literally just wrote this out, and here it is. Yeah. So that's my shot, or that's my obit. That's a good obit. Yeah. I don't want just no more cars. And think about it the way that car starters and everything. The only time a car isn't going to start, for the most part now, is the battery's fucked up. Mm. Like if you buy a 2021 Toyota Camry, it will probably start up every single time for the rest of time, unless you leave the dome lights on and let the battery die, or you literally drive it until there's no gas left. Yeah. That is true. Cars aren't just like the alternator exploding, like it's a 1985 Buick LeSabre. Yeah. Cars are pretty sturdy now. Oh, wow. Especially given Especially the amount of electric queen. vehicles. Yes. Ka-chow! <laughs> no, I'm trying to like eke in cars bids. <laughs> For fucking nobody. Appreciate that. You want to take a little break? Yes. Okay, cool. Folks, we'll be... we're going to... Sorry. We're going to be back with a review of some sort of something. Have a good one, man. I'm going to uh, call an audible. Wow. What up? I don't even want to talk about the piece of shit that we just shut off. Oh, shit. What do you think? I think that I want to dive in on literally any notes you have (laughs) and then adopt the highway and and just leave that movie out. And I don't even think Frank Sabatella's The Shed deserves discussion. Yeah. I just want to mention it just to warn people to never watch this movie. But I'm not going to title this episode The Shed. I don't want this to be considered the featured review. We shut it off after, I want to check the timestamp, but I don't care enough even to do that. I was so relieved when you turned this off. This you thought mo- I wanted to hang in there? Yeah. This movie was sucking the life out of me. Like, this is the most boring, like... Formulaic, trope-filled, 
awful acting filled. Just, it just everything about it sucked. It was like a jump scare heavy so piece many jump of scares. shit. Also, dream sequence heavy. Yeah, that's in the obits. Yeah, that's. <sighs> I feel like we talked about it before, but dream sequences—they do a whole thing where like they go down the path of. Like doing something drastic in the movie, and you're like, "Oh, wow, this movie's like taking a chance." And then they just undo it all, being like, "Oh, it's a dream sequence." Like, so hacky, so cheap. I hate it. It's the equivalent of a nerdy guy on AOL Instant Messenger saying, "Like, what would wouldn't it be crazy? Like, if I asked you out, yeah." And the girl says, "Oh, that would be terrible." And then I'm going, "Yeah, I mean, that would be just like a joke." I was kidding, right? It's just like a bit. It's what I didn't mean that. Like I'm just fucking around. Like I'm just kidding. It's whatever. Yeah, I, I that movie was terrible. And I, I to be honest, I thought the trailer looked interesting. And Lucy is right again because we watched mm. that trailer and she goes, "No, that'll be really stupid. Don't yeah. put that on." And I was like, "Ah, oh, she's wrong." And it had a good look. I'll give it that. Like the trailer kind of sucked me, and I was like, "Oh, at least it looks cool." But when you're watching a turkey, that just means like they had nice cameras, right? Like. But everything else going on in this was legitimately awful. So, folks, never watch The Shed, now available on iTunes. I got a couple quickies I'm going to sneak in real quick. I watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, that Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks. I was never a big Mr. Rogers Friend guy. Friend of the show? Yeah, he's in. And Chet Hayes and Colin Hanks, the whole family. But I wasn't the biggest Mr. Rogers guy growing up, but I figured I'd give this a watch, see if it worked on me anyways. And it didn't, really. No tears from Scotty Tears? This, I think it almost did get me with a Chris Cooper sob story. Which ones are dead? (laughs) But uh, I've heard a lot of people saying that Tom Hanks gives off... I'll suck anything that moves! Kind of a... That was the wrong drop. Great. Tom Hanks gives off kind of an unintentionally sinister vibe in this movie. And I agree. Like, he's trying to be subdued and, like, quiet playing Mr. Rogers. But he comes off, like, villainous and weird. I don't know. I was getting, like, a very weird vibe from this movie. Do you mean because he's not very talented? Wow. No, that's not what I meant. He's Mm. one of the greats. Chet Hayes is superior, as we've said. Chet! Chris Cooper plays who? He plays... Mr. Rogers is kind of like the sidecar in the movie. It's about this guy who's writing an article about him and his weird relationship with his family and his father, played by Chris Cooper. And I don't know. Is it an article in The New Yorker about orchid heists? (laughs) I wish. That's how much fucked fish. Masterpiece. But yeah, I don't know. It bored me for most of it. Then it kind of heated up towards the end and I was kind of charmed. I don't think you'd like it. I'd hate it, huh? You don't love Hanks? Nope. I love Chris Cooper. He is in a lot. And I did meet him at a nature preserve once. And you mentioned what, Jarhead? Yes. I really liked you in (laughs) Jarhead. I panicked and brought up like a movie he's in for maybe 40 seconds. Was he like, me too, son? (laughs) And then we parted ways. Oh, man. But yeah, that's awesome. Nervous hoops. um, Oh, yeah, I'm a wreck around celebrities. I have notably only really had a nervous freak out with Larry David. That's my only panic where bum, I was a to- bum, where bum. I was a total dud. I was kind of nervous meeting Seth Rogen. <laughs> you sucked his dick. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Whoa, I smoked so much weed. Take a stand together. But I also watched Bombshell. 
the uh mm. I, I saw that a that, while ago. It was okay. Yeah. It didn't really leave an impression on me in no. any way. It was kind of like the Roger Ailes show on uh Showtime, but it was just meh. It was a little funnier because John Lithgow in like CGI fat suit was funnier than Russell Crowe. I don't even think he had a fat suit. Russell Crowe just had a game. Yeah. <laughs> was John Lithgow's game CGI, not prosthetics? Or yeah, it was prosthetics. Okay, or, I thought you meant it was like all computer generated. <laughs> I was like, I respect their tenacity there. Yeah, that would have been fun. But yeah, I don't know. It wasn't great. It was uh, seemed kind of forced mm. and like has a lot of Trump stuff. Trump's like a character in this movie, and I was just grossed Terrific. out having to watch a movie that featured him so much. It's like a yeah, he is a big part of that story. And I gotta say, if you told me that Richard Kind plays Rudy Giuliani in this movie, I would have seen it in the theater. Uh, I didn't mention that. I don't. Th- I would have remembered something. <laughs> Of that magnitude. Mm. Not to brag, but I gave a dynamite speech at my graduation. I'm like, how you doing? It's me, Rudy Giuliani. This no, is- I had that for lunch. <laughs> Just a minute. Does this work? But yeah, that wasn't great. It's on demand. I think you can rent it for 99 cents on iTunes at the moment. And Fandango? And Fandango You are the Fandango now. kid. <laughs> and another one that we both watched, Adopt a Highway. I think you like this one better than I do. I'm saying that with peace and love. (laughs) Peace and love. Peace and love. I think you're right. And that's fine. This is a movie who, or which was written and directed by Logan Marshall Green, who came up early. He's the guy from Upgrade. He is the more articulate version of Tom Hardy. Yes. And I got to say, for a first time writer, director, really kind of wowed me. This picture had a very (laughs) like sharp look. This is a movie starring Ethan Hawke. He gets out of prison. You like learn a little bit about him. Then he finds a baby in a dumpster. And he's like weird and slow for being in jail for 20 years. And so he's kind of like a dullard. Like he types into Google, like, if I find a baby, can I keep it? And like things like that. Him in that internet cafe made me laugh. Yeah. I liked all the like him out of time stuff. Yeah. They didn't like hit it too hard. It was... uh it was good. And, uh, yeah, it was just like a very simple, well-made slice of life kind of movie. It kind of Slice of life? Yeah. <laughs> that just makes you feel good. Uh, make me feel good. <laughs> it's uh, people getting released from prison should be in the obits if we didn't already put that in there. That seems obitable. Maybe, like, if they do it really well, but, like... Yeah, this one, I, I liked it. But in general, I'm... I'm just, on... it, to me, it just feels like Shawshank Redemption over and over again with, like, Brooks getting released. And it's like, now what are we going to do? Like, I don't know how to do it anymore. Show him the ropes. Um, I yeah. thought that Hawk was believable in that role, but it was, like, as if he were literally going out of his way to handle that situation in the worst way possible. Yeah, it was. There were a few scenes where it's like, oh no, why are you saying that? What are you, what are you doing? Like when the cops came to the, I guess it was like an urgent care where he brought the baby and he was just like, I found her. Yeah. I'm a felon. <laughs> and he had nothing else to say and they were kind of just staring at him like, hey, uh, where did you watch this? Was it on Hulu? It or? is on Stars. Oh, Stars. We're big Stars guys. The Yo, show. The show's actually sponsored by Stars this week. Surprise, motherfucker. My next quick review, I also watched on Stars, 
one I believe you watched, Bloodline, that Sean William Scott vehicle. I loved it. Yeah. I loved that movie. I bought that, I think, actually, before it was on Stars. I think you described it as a horror movie of Drive, which I, I did, yeah, agree with, the, with. With the way that it looks. And it's like it's like Drive meets Dexter, but in the confines of a film. Yeah, like same soundtrack and vibe yeah. and look. The, the, just it was Sean good. William Scott's really switched off, which I dug. Yeah, I liked seeing him in something. I'm sure we've discussed before. What happened to him? He's great. He's I'm funny. really not sure. Like, I actually read an article about the rise and fall of Sean William Scott. Ooh. I'm going to look that up. I'm serious. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't write that article. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me, yeah, I like, think that's actually the title. And it's not something you can write off as like, oh, he was just Stifler. Like, he had a bunch of stuff after that that was successful and yeah. good. This like, is why Hollywood won't cast Sean William Scott anymore in uh, looper.com. I'll send you the article. Ooh. Friend of the show, Franklin, of Uncle to Uncle, is trying to... He's had a petition going for years to get Sean William Scott in the Fast and Furious franchise, which I support wholeheartedly. I think he'd fit in nice. Sorry, I was forwarding the... You think he should be in Fast and Furious? Yes. I'm sending you this article. That's why I got distracted. I mean, why not? I'll send it to Monty, too, because I know you're listening. He'd be a good Paul Walker replacement. Not that anyone can, obviously. But, uh... Yeah, that was good. Also on Stars. Yeah, and that's I definitely recommend that movie. Do we explain what it was? He's yeah, like some sort of a sneaky. Yeah, like it's a horror movie. Going yeah. going fresh. Going f- as fresh as can be. Yeah. And we are also trying to be hip movie guys who watch old movies. We're trying. Mm. Uh, I watched the Thirty Nine Steps, an Alfred Hitchcock picture. Is that the movie with the the baby going down the steps, in the baby carriage, or is that Odessa Steps? You know what I'm Probably talking that. about, right? That thing they always talk about in like any film class ever. I'm picturing the Untouchables. That's yes, yeah. that's what I'm talking. That's yeah. the Odessa step sequence, yeah. isn't that Untouchables? That's a good scene. But it's what it is is that's I think a reference to the movie you're talking about, or mm. some other step related movie. Could be. That makes. Sense. I don't know. Continue. I've never seen it. I I'm only halfway through it, but I'm enjoying it. It's it's kind of like a chore watching an old movie. Like I don't know if it's just because. They're so like old fashioned and the pacing. Yeah, see? Yeah. Everyone's talking like ha da da ba ba ba. It's a very weird vibe to get into. <laughs> yeah, like music like this is playing. Ah, yeah, see? <laughs> hey you, get over here, you deadbeat. Get your hands off her. She's my best gal. You hear that? <laughs> We're in the picture business. <laughs> and every woman in, like I said this yesterday, every woman in every movie ever made before 1965 looks, acts, and sounds exactly the same. Yes, that's oh, spot on. Oh, oh. Yeah, like they have short brunette hair and are just like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe them. They're all just... Yeah, see? This is a new segment we're doing uh, called Scott and Ank at Old Movies, the segment. We're, you, we're workshopping the title. <laughs> we feel like that one's a little too clunky. No, that sounds like a final draft. That's perfect. <laughs> but yeah, the Peppy Ashcraft and Clark Gable walking in. What was the one you watched? Didn't you watch I something? watched a movie called The Man with the Golden Arm about Frank Sinatra as a heroin addict. It came out in 1955. I actually liked it. There was just elements of it that were... Yeah. Oh, Blue Eyes. Oh, yeah, see? I always forget he was even an actor. He was in a ton of stuff. Yeah. I I pulled up his IMDb, and I was just like... 
I guess he did a ton of fucking movies. Yeah. I've never seen him in anything, even that Ocean's Eleven, the original. And he's got some other movies of note that I think people like. Yeah, this movie was super interesting in, in certain parts. It was literally like Frank Sinatra putting a needle in his arm, which I was just like... <laughs> hey, baby. Okay. <laughs> um, Mia Farrow, get over here. Hey. The weirdest part about watching old movies is when you're watching it, everyone you're seeing on screen is now dead. That's what I was thinking like most of the time watching the Alfred Hitchcock movie. I was like, all these people are so dead, it's nuts. The funniest is when you see an attractive woman in a movie like that, and you're like, yeah. oh, all right, all right. And then you think like, even if she were alive, she'd be 93 <laughs> years old and revolting looking. Yeah. Time is, it's wild. It's not kind to anyone, yes. except us. <laughs> the older we get, the better looking we get. The funnier we get, the more listeners we get. The whole deal. I, I'm, we're timeless. We're, we're watching these old-fashioned movies on uh, the MUBI network, M-U-B-I. That's our new team project. That yes. and HBO Max are our two new pickups this week. Yes. And they're both uh, tepid at best. <laughs> MUBI is overly saturated with foreign films, which you... I don't care. You have to be in just the right mood for them. Yeah, they... It's almost exclusively foreign films. And yeah, while I like the idea and the app is very cool, when it comes down to crunch time to put these movies on, I'm just like, ah, fuck. I'm a dullard. I can't watch this, like, Poland movie. Polish, rather. But HBO Max-wise, fans know... The Elmo Talk Show is my favorite. Yeah. What do you think of it? You watched a little bit with me. I mean, just in case the fans haven't heard, there's a new streaming service, HBO Max. Which Explain has, to the fans what it is, because I'm noticing a lot of people are confused. Yeah, like, it's got everything HBO has, obviously, and a bunch of other stuff. They're trying to eke out some originals, although, like all the other streaming services, they launched with a pretty bare-bones uh, lineup. They have an awful Anna Kendrick rom-com called Love Life, and, as you mentioned, a late-night show starring Elmo. Which, I actually watched one episode of the Elmo show and thought it was kind of charming. Like, Elmo in a suit doing a monologue. <laughs> I honestly, in the beginning, when Elmo was like, I'm getting ready for my talk show! And then he, like, puts on the suit with the tie and comes roaring out on stage. Yeah. I was, Lucy was, like, on her phone <laughs> doing something and I had it on. I was cry laughing. Like yeah. a little kid. I was like... <laughs> yeah. Like, just to myself. And, like, just, like... That's stupid Elmo in a suit. And I don't know if they know how funny that is. It's a funny little bit. You know, if you're a kid, this show's like a home run. Yeah. And even if you're our age. It's, it's good if you have kids, throw it on. And it's, to be honest, like the part that got me the most, I think, was like Elmo coming out and then doing his opening monologue. And his opening monologue has a joke in it. And it's like the interrupting cow. And like a cow flies by yeah. and like. Also, Cookie Monster is his straight man. Yeah, he's like the Andy Richter yeah. sidecar. I was like, wow, they're doing a whole thing here. This is, I was really enjoying it. Yeah, I liked it. And the guests in the first, the guest in the first episode is Jimmy Fallon, disgraced yeah. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I thought it was weird that he showed up on Elmo's show in Chris Rock blackface. I it was that- a little out there. I don't know if the kids got it. But. <laughs> Elmo, Elmo, Elmo. But uh, yeah, Jimmy Fallon, not a good host, not a good guest. Not a good anything. (laughs) He was just kind of there. I saw a meme the other day comparing Jimmy Fallon to uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. (laughs) 
because he can never <laughs> stop laughing, and that made me quite happy. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. I'd like to watch that version of that movie. But HBO Max also has some surprising stuff. Did you notice they have the entire run of Mad TV? Mad. All of it? Yeah. Okay. Which, that was a Fox show. I figured that would be okay, on some okay, sort of Fox okay. thing. I haven't seen that show in years. I'm going to cruise through some, see how it's aged. That, uh... That ice cream episode? Yeah. With, uh... Look at all these flavors. Yeah, that, to me, that's, uh... Will that's says, quite funny. Will Sasso's De Niro and What's-His-Face's Pacino are both incredible. Who was doing Pacino in that in that episode? I can't even remember. I think it was that Frank Caliendo guy? Yes. Yes. He... I don't know what happened to him. He has some solid impressions. Mm. He had his own show for a little while, and then poof. Yeah, I think they hired him on one of the, like, football stations to yeah that to sounds like accurate do a whole thing as like like in characters john madden i don't even know but yeah the hbo max you know it's new we'll see how it goes they also have a show i guarantee no one listening to this has seen called search party it was on tbs it had two seasons and then you loved that show i feel like it's they so got great. rid of it right well no they Filmed a season three and then TBS like canceled it and never aired it. And season three is coming to HBO Max in like a couple weeks. Even though it was like filmed forever ago, you know, finally get released. And I'm sure no one is chomping at the bit for it but me. Now I'll watch that. I, I think I watched the first season. I'll, I'll cruise through the second and then catch up. Great show. Is that it? We got anything else? What else? I mean, the Double Ruffalo show. The, I'm I, back in. That's the big news of the week. Great show. I Swish is this old, dirty, <laughs> shitty tape. <laughs> it's uh, the Sister Sister spinoff called Brother Brother. This this is the best show on TV for me. Bold statement. Over succession, or you mean just currently? Currently, okay. like at this moment in time. Which is saying nothing. Every episode of the show starts with like almost a 10-minute short film about them as kids. And I like that. They do a really good job at making like the college age ruffalo twins believable like i almost thought they even that, sound like them i was just gonna say yeah i was wondering if they put if they had him like do voiceovers definitely because it sounded too much like him i was like wow they really they found like the perfect nah i bet he just worked with ruffalo to get the, the impression down that was it i couldn't yeah. tell they probably just said hey listen you're gonna need to be able to do a young ruffalo really well and that's your whole role yeah and some people will probably be turned off at what a sob story the show is, but I legitimately love it. Yeah, the latest episode was really good. Yeah, it's almost like a comedy of errors. Like, so much bad stuff has happened to Ruffalo. It's like, it's, <laughs> Shit. Just, it's just fun to watch. And yeah, I know this much is true. Now on HBO and the new HBO Max. Yeah, and I am back in. He's back. And you're back out on Hightown? Where are we Hightown-wise? Um, I mean, you and I both know that it's it's bad. Yeah, it's that bad. That second show. episode. Jesus Christ. I'm, is... I'm, I was embarrassed that I recommended it to a few people after watching that second episode. That's always the best. When you're like, can I take... Can I rescind that recommendation? Yeah, I, I didn't mean it. It's like finding out you... Speaking of AIDS in the clip, it's like finding out you have AIDS and having to call people and let them know. Like, hey, listen, like... Yeah. That show I told you about might even be worse than that. Yeah, it's worse than <laughs> it's worse than sharing your AIDS. It's more diagnosis. embarrassing. Yeah, I, I it's it's bad. I remember because I the 
I got ultimately humiliated with it because I put it on with Lucy and she hadn't seen the first one. And I go, oh, this is this new show on stars. Like, I, I, you didn't see the first one, but I think you're going to be into it. Yeah, you're like, buckle up. Check this out. You, you, you're from Massachusetts, right? And it gave me an obit watching the second episode. Ooh, all right. When they have a gritty guy who's like the head of a mafia or a drug cartel or whatever, he gets arrested, but he's still running the operation from jail. That's, That's been, unrealistic, yeah. It's been in too much. Because how would that actually work? Right. Every phone call he makes is completely recorded. Yeah. Even if he did have some sort of a like Metro PCS burner phone snuck in, he'd probably get caught with it after two days. Or they'd hear him on the phone. Nobody's actually going to listen to you and respect your authority if you're uh, gone for multiple years at a time. Yeah. It's, it's such a stupid thing to be like, oh, look at how tough this guy is. He's still running things from jail. It's like, no, this wouldn't work. This is nonsense. I should just go with Edward Kemper from Mindhunter. Ooh. That whole take. And that's the only way to really talk to people in prison. Scene stealer. But yeah, if this show wasn't set in Boston, I would be done with it. I'm pretty sure we'd all be done with it. But it's just like a like a wooden premise on a shitty network. Like P-Town isn't actually like this, first of all. Mm. Like people aren't getting shot in Provincetown. There's no yeah. crime there. There's like a couple of opiate addicts because it's a dusty, you know, dead zone in the winter. But other than that, like, it's kind of just like a place where gay guys go to party in the summer. Yeah. I've been down there a million times. It's not like that. Baby. There's not that much crime on the Cape, folks. I was laughing. There was one scene where some really beanstuck guy who was like the husband of one of the gritty sidecars. He comes in and accuses this guy he doesn't know of wearing a wire just because he doesn't know who he is. That was just really making me laugh how over the top that is. Every time I see someone I don't know, I'm like, are you wearing a wire? Who that's how you? it is here in Boston. Yeah, that's, that's how interactions go. And one last thing that I watched a bit of and did not enjoy at all is the new Jeffrey Epstein documentary series on yeah, Netflix. I'm not going to watch it. I watched an episode of and a half and thought it was boring, boring, sad, really boring. Like it's exactly what you'd imagine it would be. Like scumbag was true scumbag. Well, who would have thought? I actually am in the camp of Jeffrey Epstein was wrongfully oh, accused. Interesting. And murdered by evil puppet government. <laughs> that would be funny if at the end of this documentary they revealed he's still alive. Well. Powerfully. He's but not yeah. only still alive, but his quote-unquote suicide Ooh. was a planned and botched operation. And yeah, like... You'd think there would be some scandalous reveals. There wasn't even much. I only watched an episode and a half, but it was just like, just a stretch to an unfathomable length, like news story about it. It was just, I don't know. I didn't like it at all. The complaint that I heard is that they don't really have any footage. It's sort of just accounts, which are boring. Yeah. And photos that we've already seen and limited photos. Because he was kind of a shadowy figure. Like he wasn't around to be photographed a lot. Yeah. And they have that woman, Ghislaine Maxwell, her like, or his like sidecar who helped him with everything, who's still out there and has like disappeared. Oh. They went into her a bit, but it was just like, who needs this? Who could be bothered? I'm an old broken down piece of meat. And I'm alone. And I'm alone. Fuck, I messed it up. But yeah, don't watch that. Who needs it? You know what we forgot to do? And I'm just going to. Hit the button real quick. Do we pause? 
no, we're here. But <laughs> we're, I, we're I forgot to do this. I just really like this song. I didn't want to have the episode go by without it. I'm adding this to the... Also, fans who enjoy uh, movie and TV music like this, they just released the score for season two of Succession, which has features this track and a bunch of other classical songs like it. I love the music on this show. It's, it's one great. of the best things about it. I actually liked the music in the first season better than the second. Oh. What do you think about that? I remember being a little let down by the music in the second one. Interesting. <laughs> Wow. Oopsie, Sam, you can edit that out, please. It's the bar 2162. He's back. Um, you want to watch The Departed? Yes. I know it's kind of an out there idea. I know it's... It's kind of fucked up. It's wacky. Right, I got it queued up here. Are you ready? Yes. You, well, how, much, how much time of it do you want to watch? Mm, not too much. Maybe just like 90 oh. seconds. Every guy seems more stable. People see the ring, they think... I'm glad to hear that. Stand, son of a bitch. Ladies see the ring, they know immediately you must have some cash and your car must work. That's <laughs> <laughs> working. Overtime. Is it not? <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> I wish that scene went on for another, like, 18 minutes. Agreed. No wires ever. <laughs> We're watching Frank Costello with a Citizens Bank envelope, uh, making <laughs> the fact that he's supposed to be like the the Don of this Boston Mafia. He's the one going to Citizens Bank to drop off their like their like crime deposits. Oh wow, this movie's heating up. We're in the the porn theater now. Holy shit! Colin, how you doing, Colin? Is that? <laughs> oh, the fake dick scene. Take a photo of this. <laughs> he sounds like bubbles, though. What the fuck is wrong with you? See anything you like? Though? I almost fucking shot you. When you're not indulging in self-abuse, right? Sit down. I hope you're not turning into one of them sob sisters who wants to get caught. You're not cracking up, are you? I don't... I don't crack up. Okay, Frank? That scene, like, doesn't make sense. They were, like, meeting to have a meeting, but he seems surprised that he was there. I don't know what's going on. Masterpiece, even still. He just didn't expect it to be a big fake penis, I guess. Kid. Oh, yeah, that's true. He didn't know it was him. He was hiding. Fuck off, departed. Enough of you for the week. Enough. Uh, that, yeah, that has been enough. Folks, give us a follow on Twitter at Podcast Enough. Follow us on Instagram at Enough the Podcast. Uh, follow us iTunes, SoundCloud. Rating and reviewing helps a lot if you wouldn't mind doing that. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Skip Season Bye. Uh, hit the post, kinda. Um, I think, you know, we did, we, like, I'm just gonna reiterate what Scott said. We, we need more rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. And you mm. can follow me on Instagram at Ankner, A-N-K-N-E-R. Boom. Have a great, um, weekend out there, guys. I, and stay safe, everybody. <laughs> Bye.